Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Forum 2000 online chat. Today, we are recording from the Youth Working Group of the International Coalition for Democratic Renewal. My name is Hasler Iglesias. I'm from Caracas, Venezuela, and I'm a political leader here in my country. But today, we're going to talk with Jelena Milutinovic. She is head of development of, in the Youth Initiative for Human Rights based in Serbia. And also, she's experienced, uh, an experienced human rights educator with 15 years of experience in civil society. The topic we're going to talk about today is the participation of youth in the current democratic struggles. So, well, to begin, I would like to uh, introduce uh, an issue that is that uh, many times the young people are the ones who have more claims and, and are more... Uh, have more grievances about the current situation. But at the same time, uh, there is kind of a uncertainty of la or lack of confidence of the power that the youth have themselves. So I would like to ask Jelena about, uh, and based in her experience and the history of Serbia, which, uh, well, she can tell us more about that. Uh, how does this lack of confidence can be overcome among youth? Thank you, Hasler. It's an honor to be here, and it's, I'm very glad that we have this opportunity to chat and go over some highly important issues. Um, to start with your question, I would definitely have to start by saying that, that youth confidence for me is, is a complex term. So I would say that it entitles both people's capabilities, young people's capabilities, their beliefs, but also some external, some external supports for their efforts to be, to be settled in, in, in kind of the socio-political context. So one of the main issues I would say here is the lack of young people trust in the system, in the government, in, in the institutions. So we have an educational system that, are, that is not allowing or, or initiating youth participation at different levels. So young people are usually expected to receive, to retain, and then to repeat the information. And all of these information clusters are then called knowledges, unfortunately. So maybe in addition, other social circles of young people are as well not that supportive toward empowering young people to be vocal, to be loud, to try different, different stuff that they could be mechanisms for change of a kind. So maybe real youth participation is not promoted as well as a family value, I would say. They are there to listen to the adults, not to cooperate with them in, in many cases. And they are left alone to play the role in institution statistics. So many, many research also claims that there is the research of the National Youth Council of Serbia done recently, just recently, asking young people to, to state their trust in, in institutions and the results are really discouraging. So I would say that young people, therefore, are not inclined to, to be empowered, to learn what is the privilege and what is the responsibility of being confident and being present and being engaged in society. Of course, I would be wrong not to mention that there are bright examples, many bright examples, of course, among activists and human rights defenders and young politicians maybe as well. However, all of them, in my opinion, if, in fact, they're not from my opinion here, would maybe say the same obstacles as I just described. So maybe they would also add that becoming a part of these changes and having this confidence in trying out different things to change, to bring out positive changes is maybe coming from their personal agenda, from their personal motivation. And I'm afraid that the 
firstly system is failing and then then maybe then maybe we can come to the young people themselves and ask okay what what do you perceive as a problem and what how we should tackle that so it is it is highly complex as i said <laughs> a lot of different uh, points in the system is, is involved yes absolutely and um, you know for for the example for us in venezuela the example of potpor in serbia is kind of a uh, example to follow. So yeah. I would like to, to know from you, a Serbian, uh, they were young people in, in that moment uh, facing a dictatorship, a very uh, difficult dictatorship, and they were able to, well, overcome that dictatorship and set the first steps towards a democracy. So what do you think are the, the main lessons or learnings that uh, young Serbians have that could be people in Venezuela, Cuba, Nicaragua, are Belarus, for example, and, and different countries who are facing dictatorships nowadays. Thank you, Hazar, for, uh, I would say, rightfully explaining the situation. And Opera is a very good example of how young people making a social movement can really oppose to the authorities and authoritative regimes. Um, these, maybe a little bit of context to offer here, that the, the author was, was a group of young people made out of students who opposed the, the authoritarian regime uh, a while back. And they, I would say they succeeded in a way that they brought up changes and they initiated changes. However, then it's the question, where are we now? Where are we today? They also, I would say they had this uh, influence in bringing the democracy to, to live in, in Serbia and trying to initiate different topics of democratic values across the society. However, today we, we now are in a situation that we have uh, 10 years and a little bit longer, one party and one government, basically. So for me, it's also a, a matter of interest and power and consequently all of the wise somebody or, or some group joins the movement. So I would say it is not without precedent that many movements ended up uh, with lack of vision that after and lack of support, maybe precisely because lack of vision after support, uh, lack of support, sorry. Uh, and, and demonstrations here usually are more ad hoc than, than planned than carefully planned responses. So many of forefronters have no interest in leading afterwards, or maybe they don't even know how to lead. And these are also um, many, many of the things that are involved in the discussion when you now look back at what happened in 96 and 97 when Oscar started and today, how we can engage today. And I think, I would say maybe today, the fight is a little bit different. The demonstrations are not the only way. We have a lot of diverse uh, democrat democratic mechanisms, so we could use them as starting from the local councils and going to the, I don't know, maybe even elections. So young people have from what to learn, I would say, to conclude. But also, it's unfortunate that today we see a vast decline because of their economic situation, the vast decline in participation of young people and vast decline in their interest in politics because politics is something that is perceived by young people as, as there and, and something that is not connected 
with their everyday life. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, democracy is without doubt uh, an everyday issue. It's, it's it's never never for granted, and you have and we have to to take care of it every day. And uh, my my next question is related to that because we have seen a lot of uh, youth participation, democratic causes around the world. Uh, but perhaps our generation are just mobilized by causes, by a specific cause. They mobilize today because I don't know of climate change or because of uh, this specific act or law or presidential decision or parliamentary decision. But afterwards, this cause disappears or is resolved in the better case. Uh, the, this mobilization disappears and the people uh, are not well, are no longer involved in the in the public space, in public participation. Uh, how do you feel that this could be changed? Is every is every young activist called to be a politician or how other ways or paths uh, have the young people to achieve, really, really achieve their goals and not just be part of a cause that could, can achieve something, but uh, in the long term, it could be uh, diffused? Well, that's a question for thinking, but uh, now I would say, from as I see it, it's two-channeled way. One is the way, uh, systematic way, the institutions, the government, and everything that is there. There are official kind of mechanisms, but also there is something more, more related towards maybe people's everyday lives, some informal and non-formal ways of participating, of engaging, of, of trying to be part of something. So for me, it's always part, being part of something. And I would say that the only maybe long-lasting and sustainable changes are brought up when, when young people or people in general are creating communities, communities that are based on values, on similar principles. And when people come together and say, okay, this is the problem, and we think similarly about this, or rather we want to have a discussion about it. So let's, let's try and plan the first step. So fortunately for us in Serbia at this moment, we have a very, um, let's say, alive and operating civil society sector. And it covers a different, different kind of, as you said, causes, and it, it covers different topics. So young people have really... Uh, a lot a vast, a vast, let's say, scale of opportunities to be involved in different kind of topics that can interest them, from green ideas to you know reconciliation practices and I don't know peace, whatever. So for me, these are yeah. Maybe at the moment I would I would root for these non-formal and informal moments, but also yeah, combine. Yeah, no, I think it's very powerful, the, the idea of, of fighting and struggling into a community and forming and keeping a community. I think, well, it's very democratic and also it's a strong to be very effective. You know, here we, we have said that, uh, the, well, the Venezuelan struggle has been long lasting and it's still going. And uh, there, every day is not full of demonstrations and full of activity. We have had peaks and we have had valleys of, of public interest. And I believe that, uh, we, well, our cousin and any cause in the world needs, as you say, a community that can maintain the cause in the valleys. Exactly. When no one wants to talk about it, when no one's willing to go to the streets because of that, uh, there is required a group of committed people that, that are doing the maintenance of the cause 
uh, setting the foundations for the following uh, activities and the following uh, demonstration or elections or founding of organizations or, or whatever the path they decide. Uh, but there needs to be a community to, to lead that and, and to forge that situation. So I think what you say is, is very powerful. And, I like uh, what well, you said, the maintenance yeah. of, of, yeah, it's, it's nice. It's actually a very precise word for that. Yeah, well, and to, to uh, start to close this, this episode, uh, I would like to talk about the pandemic. The pandemic has uh, brought about different changes in the world. Uh, authoritarianism, for example, has took advantage of uh, the pandemic to control more the, the population and to advance in their projects that otherwise could be highly rejected. And they tried to use these quarantines and curfews to, to reduce uh, public uh, opinions and expression. Uh, but I would like to focus more on activists, on young people specifically. How does this pandemic has affected, uh, in your view, uh, the, the action, the activities of, or of the activists of social organizations, has it uh, promoted some kind of space? Or on the other hand, has it deterred the activities or the actions of the social uh, society? Or perhaps both, in which cases one and in which cases the other? I would like to talk a, a little bit about that. Well, first of all, I, on a positive note, I have to say that I'm glad to see that more focus is this place. Uh, to, to young people in relation to the pandemic. So we have many researchers, we have many local funds and etc. To, to help young people deal with the pandemic. But when it comes to the uh, organizations and activists operating within the organization and activists in general, I think there was uh, a learning curve, a really uh, large challenge to be overcome in not just only adapting the activities done with young people, but also learning a new ways how to use now this, this online world, this online space, reach out to young people and to involve them directly into the programs that are tailor-made for them. So many of the organization and many of activists, as, as we did as well in the Youth Initiative, brought um, maybe a bunch of new equipment to try and to create these precise tailor-made programs and, and maybe videos and try to speak the language of young people, which is for me very, it, which is for me a very beautiful thing, you know, because we now learn to give the young people the benefit of the doubt when it comes to the innovation and, and new technologies. So we also learned that we can just use our offices and whatever we have to just try and do something like we are now doing, just putting some words into video and casting out to the young people because they do respond well to this. And what we saw maybe as a youth initiative, which is an okay example because we do have a vast uh, activist group, is that the, the people, uh, the, the number of people participating in our program have, has not declined. Whenever we created a new program just for them, but whenever we try to adapt the program, which we did in person then, we came out of the uh, little challenge of how to transfer that into the online system. So, yeah, it, it was a challenge, but I think what it brought is that we learned how to do stuff without, without the things we had before, without traveling, without gathering together. We can be together, of course. For me, nothing can change the, the human connection. Nothing can change that. But 
but of course we we are able to provide some quality and that that is how i think we should think as a, as activists yeah wonderful absolutely creativity is uh, a required uh, ingredient of these times and, and i think well you have done so for years in your organization not only in serbia but also in, in other eastern european countries yeah. uh, well to start Closing, uh, I would like to ask you for a few uh, thoughts or a few reflections about the, the main topic. Uh, how is youth participation in democratic struggles in the world? What do you advise to young activists around the world? Uh, or a closing message that you could give to the people who are listening to us? Well, the only thing I could say to young people, be persistent and don't, don't accept the no's. I mean, anybody telling you no, there is always a way. That's something I, I really believe in, not, not as a phrase, but as a way of thinking. Of course, you will not be able to do everything you wanted, but maybe some replicas and some, something else which is similar to that could be quite as satisfying, satisfying as, as the thing you originally wanted to do. So, yeah. Right. And I would add uh, a phrase that has uh, taught a lot to me. That is that young people, as young people, we have the opportunity to make mistakes without worries. We can make mistakes and, and that it's not going to be the end of the world. <laughs> and we are in the time to do that. So do not be scared to make mistakes and to try a hundred times to be persistent, like you said. So I, I think these two messages could be uh, wrap up all these conversations. So, well, thank you, Johanna, for your time. Uh, thanks uh, also for 2000 organization. And well, this was the From 2000 online chat uh, done by the Youth Working Group of the International Coalition for Democratic Renewal. And well, keep looking the next episode of this series. Thank you. Thank you, Catherine.